0: Today is Thursday, August 6th, 2020. On this day in 1993, Louis J. Free was confirmed by the United States Senate as the fifth director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. During his tenure, he would oversee several of the most infamous criminal cases in U.S. history. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Parcast original. Today we're covering the confirmation of Louis Free as director of the FBI. Let's go back to Washington, D.C. on August 6, 1993. Inside the Senate chamber, the mood was jubilant, almost carefree, as senators prepared to vote on the confirmation of Louis J. Free. All 100 senators on both sides of the aisle seemed confident and reassured that Free was the man for the job. So on August 6th, without a single dissenting vote, Free was officially confirmed just under a month later, he was sworn into office by President Bill Clinton. Clinton had nominated Free to replace William Sessions, the previous FBI director. Sessions had allegedly clashed with both Attorney General Dick Thornburg and Thornburg's successor, Attorney General William Barr. Barr was openly hostile to Director Sessions. His anger stemmed in part from Sessions' refusal to turn a blind, partisan eye to the possible transgressions within Barr's Justice Department. In fact, after Sessions opened an investigation into that very department, Barr opened his own ethics investigation into Sessions. He accused Sessions of using FBI funds to pay for a security system in his home and for traveling aboard an FBI jet to visit his daughter, neither of which met the threshold of high crimes. Nonetheless, Sessions was reprimanded by lawmakers, including new Attorney General Janet Reno, and was actually encouraged to resign. When he refused, he was dismissed by President Clinton for crimes that, in hindsight, appear innocuous and almost quaint. And with Sessions' departure, Louis J. Free was sworn in. He was immediately put to the test. At the time of Free's confirmation, the FBI was in the midst of a highly sensitive and widely publicized investigation of the Waco fiasco, an investigation that would set Free and Janet Reno on an inexorable collision course. Up next, we'll explore the major cases and investigations during Freeze's tenure and how his leadership shaped the FBI for years to come. Now, back to the story. On August 6, 1993, Louis J. Free was confirmed by the Senate as the new director of the FBI. Almost immediately, Free had his work cut out for him. Beginning in late February of 1993, a religious sect known as the Branch Davidians barricaded themselves inside their fortified compound, preventing law enforcement officials from entering the property. The standoff lasted nearly two months and only ended after the FBI initiated a siege on the compound, one that ended in the deaths of 76 Branch Davidians, including 25 children. And less than a year earlier, there had been a similar incident known as the Ruby Ridge standoff. After refusing to appear in court for several firearms charges, FBI agents attempted to arrest Randy Weaver at his home in rural Idaho. Weaver refused to surrender, and an 11-day standoff ensued. During the first two days of the standoff, both Weaver's wife and 14-year-old son were killed during gunfire exchanges with U.S. Marshals and the FBI. Nine days later, after employing a civilian negotiator, Weaver, and what was left of his family, surrendered to authorities. After public outcry over both incidents, the FBI opened investigations into the two events, and although they had both occurred under Louis Free's predecessor, they would ultimately become Freeze's responsibility and shape public opinion toward the new director. In both cases, law enforcement agents, the FBI in particular, were blamed for escalating the confrontations and for the civilian deaths. Although it was Attorney General Janet Reno who had actually ordered the FBI response in Waco, much of the blame landed on Free. Almost immediately, he was accused of covering up or obstructing both investigations to protect his agents. Not only that, he appeared to stonewall Janet Reno at nearly every juncture when she requested information about either case. At one point, Reno actually ordered federal marshals to seize Waco-related documents from FBI headquarters. Worse yet, on April 19, 1995, a rental truck full of explosives detonated outside the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City. The blast killed 168 innocent civilians and injured almost 700. The bomber, Timothy McVeigh, cited the Ruby Ridge and Waco incidents as his motivation for planting the bomb. The bombing put renewed focus on the FBI's handling of those cases prompting several civil suits from the surviving members of the Branch Davidians, the Weaver family, and agents who'd been instructed to carry out the sieges. Many were settled out of court or were decided in favor of the plaintiffs. Then in March of 1996, the FBI engaged in yet another standoff, this time with an anti-government militia known as the Montana Freemen. Perhaps owing to the catastrophic results of previous sieges, this one ended peacefully after 81 days. But the event that would prove most divisive between Louis Free and President Bill Clinton, the man who appointed him, was the investigation into the Colbar Tower's bombing, or lack thereof. On June 25, 1996, a truck bomb exploded outside the towers, which housed U.S. and Saudi security personnel. Nineteen U.S. Air Force personnel and one Saudi civilian were killed. Free ordered an investigation into the attack and uncovered evidence pointing towards Iran. However, at the time, Clinton was pushing for renewed diplomatic relations with the country and allegedly stalled the investigation process. It wasn't until Clinton left office that charges were filed against the bombing suspects. Despite a tense relationship with Clinton after the bombing, Free remained FBI director until mid-2001, after George W. Bush assumed the presidency. And during that year, the FBI arrested one of its own agents, Robert Hansen, on espionage charges. From 1979 to 2001, Agent Hansen provided top-secret and highly valuable information to the KGB and Russian intelligence— the espionage crimes committed by Hansen were so egregious that he was eventually sentenced to life in prison on 15 counts of espionage. For Louis Free, the Hansen arrest was the last straw. In June 2001, he resigned. Many in the intelligence community had begun speaking out against Free and what was perceived to be a lack of leadership at the FBI on his part. On September 4th, 2001, just seven days before the 9-11 attacks, Robert Mueller was sworn in as the sixth director of the FBI. Unlike his two predecessors, Mueller completed his full 10-year term and was succeeded by James Comey in 2013. However, both men would later face off against President Donald Trump, Comey as director of the FBI, and Mueller as special counsel for the Department of Justice. In Mueller's case, it was also Bill Barr, the same man who'd sparred with William Sessions, who attempted to undermine Mueller's credibility. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Tony Goodman, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson.